What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Loaded up. Plenty of spring thoughts for Nebraska football. And uh, great to be with you. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. Numbers to dial up 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Road show tomorrow. We're at the single barrel. Ahead of Nebraska and Iowa, the uh, farewell for Nebraska 2021-2022 men's basketball. And uh, we're there in front of Nebraska-Iowa. Four to six, single barrel. So I want to see you down there. Should be a little bit warmer for you to get out, get a steak, get a beer, and then head to PBA. Uh, coming up here on the show, we'll spend time with Brandon Vogel from Hale Varsity. We didn't get Mike Babcock yesterday. We had a, a sit down with uh, Pop uh, uh, Pop Watson. Pop Watson's uh, father, uh, Bill Watson. Coach uh, Watson joined us. So we're going to talk to Babbers. We'll get into some baseball uh, with him in about uh, 30 minutes. Also, his thoughts on spring football. In hour two, Gary Barnett will be with us. Some thoughts on Coach Whipple. And then uh, he spent time uh, you know, towards the end of the season filling in at running backs coach for Nebraska, longtime assistant and senior offensive analyst Ron Brown will sit down, get his thoughts on the running back room, get his take on, on what Nebraska is working with here. A lot of potential. Uh, this spring as Nebraska tries to carve out success here for a fall of 2022. Danny Burke with us, Burke's Best Bets, and uh, can email us, chris at hailvarsity.com, and find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. So that's uh, the the theme today. Uh, Some football, a little bit of baseball, and uh, some insight to uh, Nebraska as they look towards this spring. So we've touched on some some of the names that are out there as far as potential portal additions for Rush Edge. We did that uh, yesterday. I'm interested here with just how this process goes. You've, Elijah, you've got a ton of guys <clears throat> that really can benefit from a good spring. And kind of my theme this spring going into fall is you've got a number of guys who were pretty high-profile recruits or guys that you beat out some good peer programs for. Think about some of the kids that Nebraska beat Iowa out out, out for or Wisconsin out for or even some of the Big 12 schools in the last couple, three recruiting classes. You've got a pretty large handful of guys that have had four years in the program and guys that have have had three years in the program. And people develop at different speeds. Uh, position groups, different position groups take different, um, different, different amounts of time. 
and that's just a reality. It's going to take longer in most cases for your defensive and your offensive line to to come in and transition from roll guy back up to starter to dare I say star or stalwart. So that's that's the thing. There's a number of guys heading into this spring that it's really go time. It's go time. They've been part of the program. They've waited their turn. They've sat behind some guys that you can't argue really helped the football team, uh, specifically if I think at Nebraska they're safeties, right? You've got some guys in the secondary, either at the corner spots or in the secondary at safety that there's been a guy, I mean, we're talking a couple of six-year guys that were holding that safety spot down, and then you've seen Miles Farmer perform pretty decent, uh, you know, his first year in that COVID season, and then uh, would, would like to have a little bit better finish this season compared to last. But Farmer's kind of a proven to come out of me, at least, to me at least, as one of those guys that can go get the football for you. He is, every time he's been in or he started, uh, he's – I think he has three or four career interceptions and maybe that many career starts. Yeah, I mean, he could have had another one against Oklahoma from back where he had that one that pretty much bounced off his hands uh, against Oklahoma and that one. So I just, every single time he, if he's in the game, it seems like the ball is going to be touching his hands at some it, he point. He finds the football. He, right? ball, ball hawking safety for sure. Sure. And we, we look at some of the guys that, you know, are, are they going to step up? Marquis Step, that's not a, a bad dad joke, forgive me, but Step's a guy that's Played a lot of college football. Noah Pola Gates in his third year. Buda Wright has had injury issues. You saw some good things from Blaze Gunnerson against Wisconsin when he ended up going in. And then uh, also uh, Mosai Newsom. He's a fourth-year guy that absolutely looks the part. But you want to talk about Nebraska's goal defensively for this next fall. You've got a lot of retooling to do with guys that have been in the program a while. Nash Huttmacher, the polar bear, uh, he has taken some time to develop, and that's all right. Uh, there's no Casey Rogers due to getting dinged up uh, against Iowa. So there's going to be snaps for the polar bear, and can he come in and, and wreck shop? When he's played, he's done well, but it, it's about expanded snaps, and that's the big question for me. How many guys have the ability to continue to develop, get trained up, get coached up, perform uh, in the weight room, and then get what they need to do their job on the field. Can they, can they make that translation this spring and then carry it over to bigger roles? Uh, they've had some snapshot moments, but that's the ultimate key when you have to redevelop some depth on the defensive line. You want to be as good or, frankly, better uh, on the defensive line next year against the run. You want to be much, much better at getting after the quarterback. I mean, that's that's a goal uh, for this team and for Coach Chenander is to get after the quarterback more. You get after the quarterback, your turnovers are going to go up. You're going to help protect a, an inexperienced secondary. Uh, you know what you got at the inside linebacker spot? Knock on wood, those guys stay healthy because you have two really good ones that have played a lot of football. And uh, that's that's what this spring is about to me, is can guys go go take a role and all the coaching they've been getting the last three or four years in the program, can they go thrive and do their job well 
and produce and get comfortable? Can they get comfortable at being the guy once they win a spot? And a position I'm going to be really intrigued to be watching, just in particular, is that JoJo Dolman outside linebacker role. That's the, one of the biggest spots where we have barely even seen the guys behind JoJo, aside from the one game from Isaac Gifford against Iowa, where we got to see him play the all uh, all four quarters. But aside from that game, we really don't know what's behind JoJo Dolman. With yeah, Javen Wright, that's maybe going to step in there. Isaac Gifford looks to be the guy that it's his job to lose. Um, then you've also heard maybe some inside backers could move out there and try their hand on it. When you look at either. Randolph Kapai mm-hmm. or Ernest Hausman, a lot of options. Jake Applegate coming in, uh, Young Cat, Gage Stinger, all these guys. There's just a lot of potential there for, for guys who want to step up and to take that position. This spring is going to be the time to do it. Uh, I think Isaac Gifford's got to be the favorite right now. Mm-hmm. But really, that, that one's the, the, one of the biggest wild cards in the defense whenever I look at it because you, you don't really know what you have in that position altogether. Well, and here's where your defense has grown the last couple of years, having that JoJo spot. Mm-hmm. You've been able to surround your defense around what he can do. Think about what he brought to a defense and what he did uh, against the run, how successful he was when you brought him on pressures, and above all, being able to tell him to go handle a potential mismatch and shut it down more times than not. He was so good in coverage and so good against the run. I mean, that's a monster void. You've got a really good athlete in a guy like Gifford that can step in, and at least he's got a game under his belt. Flipping it over on the offensive side, we know the offensive line is is key. What we don't know is, is the offensive line a problem or not. There's a lot of puzzle pieces you got to figure out. You've got two tackles. One that you really feel good about is upside in, in Prohaska, uh, and then you have Turner Corcoran that, that needs to get better, and wants to get better, but he's injured, so both those guys are out. That gives you a wide-open window to see what else you have at tackle. What's what's the Banks going to do this season? What's your transfer from Okie State look like? Um, and, and, of course, you've got Ben Hart, who has played a lot of football. Does he get coached up and get better? Uh, so those are some questions. Quarterback's going to be a lot of fun as well because you lost Adrian, but you've got a room full of talent. You've got – Guys on paper that look the part and are supposed to be the part coming out of high school in a guy like Chubba Purdy. Uh, You know in big games what a guy like Casey Thompson's done. Not his defense, but what Casey Thompson did at Texas. And that's put up enough points to win a lot of ball games. It didn't happen for Texas. Logan Smothers. We like Logan's grittiness, the the ability to, to really not hiccup. Uh, against Iowa and even the short time he was in against Michigan State. He's one of those gamers that's going to give it hell during spring, and we'll see where he ends up. I mean, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch him continue to battle. And then a couple more names uh, to to throw in there. Alante Brown, I mean, electric, uber fast, very shifty. What's it look like for Alante? He's one of those guys that's been in the program since 2020, right? A Chicago kid. What does Nebraska get out of him? Specifically, what's the connection like between Alante and new coach Mickey Joseph? What can Mickey do for Alante and what can Alante do for Mickey? Finding that slot spot to 
really enhance and, and work a defense to death on some out routes or some seams. And just to quickly add to that, you, you also have the factor now that you have a guy in the program who reminds you of Elante Brown and Trey Palmer from LSU, very similar body types and, and almost seems like stylistically playing types as well. So I, I wonder if they're going to have a, a role for that where it's a 1A, 1B type guy where maybe Elante can get some, some more run in the offense. Well, and then the running back spot, and we'll talk pretty heavily with Ron Brown about this in about an hour. But do you have uh, a difference maker on the roster at running back? We'll ask Brandon Vogel that. Uh, we don't know. But if you're just going to project, is there a guy or two? Is there a one-two punch that can give Nebraska a, a Michigan-type look? How good was Michigan's O-line? Pretty good last year. Were they breaking in a young quarterback that was asked to take care of the vehicle versus, uh, you know, wreck it? McNamara was good enough to make some plays and make some throws, but when when push came to shove, Michigan's bread and butter was a a big physical back and then kind of a scat back, and those two guys were hammers. The one-two punch, you saw it against Ohio State. You saw it to the tune of a really impressive regular season. You saw it to the tune of a dominant win in the Big Ten title game. And then, I mean, well, you even saw it against Nebraska last season. Well, that's how they won. They didn't put it in their, their redshirt freshman quarterback's hands. They hammered away between the tackles and busted off some big runs. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. We talked about the defensive line. As good as Nebraska's defense was in comparison to past years, it, we'll say it was good. Was it great or was it vintage? No. But compared to the last five years, that was a really, really good defense. And the point is, is they were so good in the red zone, they held teams to about 22 a game. That's enough to win a lot of football games. But as the year went on, because of the inconsistency of the offense, man, uh, the, the defense just wore down specifically against the run. And you had some guys playing hurt. That's a reality. you got to live life that way in the Big Ten in November. But Nebraska's run defense has got to be uh, better than it was last year. And it was a step up from previous years. But you saw what the rushing totals were by Iowa. You saw what the rushing total was by Wisconsin. Right. And even Minnesota, uh, even Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota went to work and and by the fourth quarter, they popped a couple of runs, especially that that knockout shot to to make it a two score game. So uh, there there are people on this roster. Now it's time for them to take uh, what they've learned and how they've developed and then go go show it in spring ball and beyond. Quite honestly, get that comfort level in spring with some new eyes on you and then flip it around and uh, and be a difference maker and do your job at a high level come this fall. And, and that's that's my question with the running back room is it's not, are there a couple guys that can step up? I'm looking for the one guy. Is there one guy that can step up and say, I'm the guy in this running back room. I'm going to be your bell cow this season. I want the, the first, the second, and the third down carries if we got them. Uh, you can take me off the field at the end of a drive if I'm feeling tired. But I want to see if there's a guy that's going to step up and be the guy in the running back room because that's something Nebraska hasn't had since... Amir. Amir Abdullah, probably. Amir. That's fair. I mean, Newby had a... De- you, you could make an argument for Newby, but it, it was a different offense. It wasn't, Big time. It wasn't yeah. one that featured the running back. <laughs> when push came to shove, you had the offensive line at a high enough level, and you had Amir Abdullah kicking butt and taking names. I mean, we're talking monster rushing numbers in big, big games, and he, uh, he was absolutely phenomenal. He's a guy that, that came in got his work in, developed, and didn't really care about the stars. 
right? He just came in and got a role as a kickoff guy. And then uh, when Rex went down, Amir really thrived. And, you know, you, you hearken for those days if you're a Nebraska fan uh, to have a running back that can, can be a difference maker. And, I, you know, just following this program as long as we have, it's just weird to talk about Nebraska – having a, you know that question mark is there a running back on the roster right now that will be a difference maker can be a difference maker because it, you took it for granted for so, <laughs> for so many years where yeah you know there's there's one guy that's incredible and the rest of the guys man they could play on Sundays too <laughs> Uh, they're just behind a really, a really great one. Uh, you replace Lawrence Phillips with Amon Green. That worked out okay. And uh, away Nebraska went because they had great offensive line play. We'll talk some more spring ball. Brandon Vogel going to join us. And then Mike Babcock also this hour. Coach Ron Brown one hour from now. It's Hale Varsity with you on a Thursday. Hale Varsity were presented by the Nebraska Lottery. <laughs> Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And uh, spring preview continues. We welcome in managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and magazine. Uh, Brandon Vogel at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Get his book, Dream Like a Champion, uh, with him and John Cook. Vogues, uh, it's gearing up here. Monday will be uh, fun. A press conference and chance to hear from some coaches and players. And then off and running ahead of spring break. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. So there's a lot to get into today. I want to start, though, with uh, your reaction to uh, to Nebraska nabbing their 2023 quarterback with Pop Watson. Yeah, it, interesting get. Someone obviously with a you know pretty long history with, with Mark Whipple. And, you know, you, you look at it <laughs> – at, at every at every point, you think, okay, well, maybe here's where where Nebraska is going with its quarterback position, and maybe with Richard Torres, the quarterback signing in the last class, you're like, okay, well, maybe that's where they're going, and then you you, you get a signing in this this 2023 class who's a pretty significant departure from that. You know, I look at I look at him and. You've got a pretty classic dual threat. I think the first six or seven highlights on his huddle film are zone read plays, and he looks great in those plays. So it's it's interesting where kind of quarterback recruiting has gone. You know, you, you like to think of these schools of like, oh, school A, they really want the 6'4 kind of 
prototypical passer. In school B, they might want the, the, the running quarterback. And I think all those lines have, have gotten a little bit blurred, and it's really become like get the best quarterback you think you can find in any given class, and offenses are adaptable enough to adjust to that. So we'll see how that plays out for, for Nebraska in the spring and the season ahead. You know, with Watson, Vogues, it may just be you've got a pass-first guy that, that isn't pro-style size. I mean, we know Harburg and yep. Torres are good enough athletes where they're not statues, right? They're not Marino back there. Sure. But Watson's in the mold of a, a Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, but they're still pass-first guys. Yep. So uh, I think you nailed it with just go get the dude you really like. And it's it sounds like uh, Whipple, based on his history, there's a lot of regional dudes to pick from, right? I mean, there's so much around the 500-mile radius at quarterback, but this is uh, this is a player Whipple felt very strongly about. Yeah, I think so, and you've got to you've got to give some weight to sort of developing those those relationships. You know, Watson's probably a guy that Whipple saw at a very early age and said, "Okay, this is somebody I need to keep tabs on," and you develop a relationship with. And you know, in, in today's college football, in particular, you know, the, those lines continue to like. It just becomes it becomes blurrier, you know. I don't know that those kind of recruit to a prototype, particularly a quarterback. I think it still exists at other positions, but particularly a quarterback, recruit to a prototype. I don't know if that's in the cards so much anymore. So you go out and you try to you try to get the guy who you see the traits that whatever you are as an assistant coach or a head coach like. And if you find a guy that checks those boxes and you can get them, that's the guy you go with. Brennan, really fast here before we move off of quarterbacks, do you think that the era of, of really not being able to afford missing on a quarterback in the recruiting market has, has gone away now with the transfer portal that, well, if this guy we recruited for the class doesn't work out, we can always just go to the transfer portal down the road and find a guy that can at least lead the offense admirably? Yeah, a little bit. And I think I think that kind of wiggle room will only increase as we continue to go on. So, you know, we look back at kind of last year with the transfer portal, which is the first year that things were theoretically totally open. And go to this year, and it seems like, oh, my gosh, like things are so much bigger this year. And I think that's just going to be the way that it is going forward. I mean, you look at the number of starting quarterbacks. Nebraska had one who's going to be in the mix at at Kansas State of guys who have real experience and have been in the games and done this where you have a shot at going out and picking those up. Like, I I do think it allows you to kind of cover up potential mistakes at the quarterback level. Uh, probably as great as any place. I mean, it's out there for, for really any position, but quarterbacks get so much attention. You get so much data and information on them that you have a real chance to, to kind of go out there and say, well, where we're going for whatever reason, uh, maybe isn't where we were in the past, and we have a chance to address that. Vogues, uh, O-line, let's talk offensive line. Do you look at it as a problem or 
more as an opportunity here this spring with we know who's out and we know who's been around and uh, we also know who's uh, got a chance to to kind of flip the script and and win a job back per, per se yeah i think i think for now at least me personally i've got to look at it as a problem because like nebraska hasn't been good enough up front over the past well really three seasons for sure and you you've got talent talent that i liked coming out of high school and it was clear that the Huskers were recruiting to sort of a height and weight profile that they thought they needed to match up with the Big Ten, and they may, may, may still end up being right about that. It just hasn't shown itself yet. So offensive line's a big one. I kind of go into spring football thinking it's, it's one we may not learn a whole lot about because you look at, okay, Turner Corcoran's going to be out. Teddy Peraska's going to be out. Um, those are two two players that probably need to factor into the discussion for for Nebraska for the fall, and we're not going to get a good look at them. So it's going to be interesting to to try and parse the the offensive line as we go through spring practice and get all those you know weekly or even daily updates on hey here's here's who's where that all that all has value, but you got to think two of the guys that have kind of demonstrated they're at the quote unquote top of the class aren't there. So it's, it's, it's an interesting one. How much, how much work can you get done in the spring at O-line? And I still think you can get a lot of good work done, but you've got two players that have proven they're kind of up there in terms of ability who are going to enter the discussion later. Brandon Vogel's with us, managing editor, HailVarsity.com and magazine at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. What do you project for Jokez Yant? What's his spring look like? Hmm. I mean, I, I expect things to be to be pretty open. With with Yant, he was promising in stretches. You know, there were there were portions of the season where he wasn't on the field for, for reasons that really were were pretty well explained for for why that wasn't the case, which is a little bit of a testament to you how well he did when he was out there. So I, I kind of look at the running backs as a blank slate going into to spring football. You got some guys I would put Ramir Johnson near the top of that group and I would definitely put Yant near the top of that group of okay, if this all kind of if everybody progresses the same amount, these are kind of your guys. But there's there's enough kind of gray area there that it wouldn't shock me if, if somebody came out of nowhere to be like, nope, this, for, for whatever reason, a new running backs coach, a new offense coordinator, whatever it may be, this clicked for me, and now I'm, I'm in the lead. I'm the top guy. So... I, I go into I go into spring looking at the running backs as well. We've we've got a lot to sort out uh, if you're a Nebraska fan. Who are you buying stock in? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good question. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Based on how the markets are this week, you're telling me to be quiet and don't ask that question out loud. 
<laughs> yeah, my my hesitation might tell you that I'm not I'm not willing to jump to that market now. <laughs> not, <laughs> not my it, money, it, not your money. I mean, the 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 safe play might still be Ramir Johnson. If I if I'm being honest, like we we've seen Yant, where you've got kind of the high upside and you've got the whatever downside from the coaching point of view there is that you know didn't allow him to get on the field a lot and Ramir Johnson was a guy who kind of steadily worked his way up so I mean this is a a fairly conservative investing strategy but just based on that 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 might be where I put my money because yeah he did pretty good in pass block and he did pretty good in terms of gaining yards against tough to tough opponents when he needed to. And he wasn't their top choice uh, a year, you know, back in August of, of 2021, which tells you something. But he was their top choice by the time they were going to Oklahoma, which also tells you something. So that might be the kind of, I admit, conservative, but safe play for, for me in terms of buying running back stock. You've got a number of guys that have been in the programs program for three or four years, like some some names that are on a lot of prove it lists, and that's well and good. But Ramirez Johnson's your example of a guy by year four at finally clicking. You know, I mean, it it can happen, but there's a number of guys that, uh, based on some of the positions they play, it takes a little more watering. Vogue's quickly. We got less than a minute. I got to ask you about juniors. Favorite uh, favorite Muppet or Sesame Street character? I hear him in the background, and I'm wondering if he's a an Oscar guy, if he's a Cookie Monster dude. Is he Big Bird? Is he Bird? Is he Snuffy? Where's he go? I ask that because Junior always liked uh, my Junior always liked uh, Oscar. Shockingly enough. <laughs> um, good good question. We uh, haven't gotten that much into Sesame Street now. Like, I'm a little bit freaked out by any time he's around and I, like, like okay. And, and, and oftentimes this happens, you know, in the evening. I'm like, well, I kind of would like to watch this Nebraska basketball game, so I'm going to turn on the TV. Yeah, like, it's like a, a you know, a, a moth to the life. So it's it's more than anything. I, I, I need more data. I, I can't give you a good answer on that yet. I'm more just alarmed of like, oh yeah, this is why people tell you like they really like screens because he certainly does. So we'll see. Even even Nebraska basketball. <laughs> <laughs> He's stronger than yeah. me. <laughs> That's willpower. Even, even that. Uh, it, it, everything can be a step up from here. Bogues, we'll talk Saturday, watch. buddy. Thanks so much. All right. Later. <laughs> Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, get everything we produce. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Big thanks to Brandon Vogel, Ron Brown coming up in less than an hour. He'll tell us about the Husker running back room. Gary Barnett next hour as well. Mike Babcock with us at MD Babs on Twitter. Babbers, thanks for joining us today. Sorry it got a little clunky yesterday. Hey, uh, my pleasure. Uh, Big Bird is my choice. Uh, I want some size at center. Okay. Uh, or, uh, offensive left tackle if we're going to go with that other sport. I, I love it. Now, let me ask you this. All right. It, a lot of – it's one thing to, to have size. It's another to have that that personality. Right. That's is, true. Is, is Big Bird a little bit too, dare I say, soft to play center in the Big Ten? Well, that's the sense we get, you know, but it could be deceptive. <laughs> Let me ask you. Know, you. <laughs> yeah. Off the court is one thing. On the court is a whole different deal. <laughs> There's a meme I got to send you that's not appropriate for airplay with with Big Bird holding a meeting and doing something to Oscar's garbage can because Oscar interrupted said meeting. <laughs> who, <laughs> who, uh, who, who's the uh, who's the the player that you think of that can could flip that switch on the field, either football or basketball that you've covered. That that really was was a big time night and day difference, but man, man, did it work out? Oh, geez, I hate to take you know to say one guy because in both situations, that's the thing is mm-hmm. that it's it's a team it's a team kind of a thing, and you know I've I've always uh, respected the way that the development of the quarterback uh, in Nebraska uh, was as Tom Osborne moved to the option offense. You know, you had Turner Gill, you had uh, uh, Steve Taylor, um, you had Tommy Fraser. There was just kind of a progression there um, of of quarterbacks that that moved in the direction of of that option offense and probably as good as any of them was was Tommy Fraser. But, um, you know, again, as you guys have talked, um, it, it depended on the guys up front, mm-hmm. you know. That's when, when Tommy was playing. That's where the where the nickname Pipeline came into being. Really, uh, about ninety three, uh, nineteen ninety four, somewhere in there. The media guide had a picture of of the uh, some offensive linemen by these big uh, pipes, and they, they were, you know they had become the pipeline. Um, kind of thing. So it's, it's it's really that way with football, and and the same way with basketball. I think that's one of the things that gets frustrating is that you see when the basketball team, men's basketball team, goes through these periods where they don't pass the ball around before. You know, it's just a quick shot up. And in this day and age, uh, you got to be able to hit threes and you got to be able to rebound. In Nebraska, hadn't done a real good job of that here lately. Yeah, Mike, to bring it back to the, the whole Muppets discussion, watching <laughs> watching Husker basketball this year, I felt more like those two old guys up in the peanut gallery that oh, just heckled the stage. <laughs> those guys are awesome. They're just, what do we want? Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah that, um, that embodies a Husker fandom. Bless their hearts. It's, it's kind of getting that way, you know, and I, I thought, oh, I hope this mentality doesn't carry over to, to baseball because, you know, there's there's so many games to be played and, and – uh, yeah, you go one and three against a team that uh, then last week beat Oklahoma State. Number four, Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma State. Um, that's Sam Houston's a good, good program, good team there. And uh, now Nebraska got another one this weekend. But uh, yeah, the grumpy old guys probably weren't too happy with the baseball either. <laughs> now we'll stay. We'll go to baseball, and Coach Bolt's going to go with his, his same three starters here. 
see what kind of bounce back happens. Uh, Perry, Shanneman, and, and McCarvel Friday, Saturday, Sunday down at at uh, the Rangers Stadium against TCU. Uh, we anticipate a, a better approach at the plate. Guys were uh, not as, as locked in at the dish as they should have been with the strikeouts versus walks. You have a ERA right now just under six for starting pitching. The defense didn't help out. But I think Will Bolt, to his credit, really loves to test his guys out of the gate physically and mentally. And scheduling Sam Houston may have looked uh, convenient on paper, but, man, uh, maybe Will knew something we didn't with who he had him lead off against to kind of get him in line. Well, yeah, no question. And, and like I said, and so then you follow up with, what, number 17-ranked TCU, <laughs> yeah. um, three games there, and then you, you've got the series back in Arlington with uh, Northwestern State and Texas Arlington. Then I think you've got a game with uh, Kansas State in there somewhere, and then you open the com- you open the home season with Long Beach State, which beat Mississippi State, the defending national champion, two out of three in Starkville. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that for for getting uh, getting your schedule underway. Is that uh, you play Sam Houston, you play TCU, and then not long after that, you're playing Long Beach State three games. It doesn't matter that it's at home. That's a good Long Beach State mm-hmm. team, obviously, if you can win at Starkville. Yeah, and, and Mike, I think the, the, the difference with baseball from the other sports is with this strength of schedule Nebraska's got early, Nebraska could realistically lose every single series between now and the start of conference play and still be first in the Big Ten and still be able to make the NCAA tournament, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's the thing is, is what Smitty alluded to, I think, is that grit, that you know, last year the sign was gritty beats pretty, and and just the mindset is, hey, you got to come back from this. Um, the one and three start doesn't make any difference who it is that you were playing. You've got to come back. You've got to hang in there, and you don't just like, okay, well, we're going to change the pitching, starting rotation here. You don't do that. Um, you pick those guys for a reason, and uh, and and you want to see that step by step kind of a thing. But I. You know, I don't think that Nebraska is going to be in that position. Um, I think Nebraska is going to get some things going here. But, you know, it's frustrating, I'm sure, for the fans to look at it and say, you know, one and three against uh, Sam Houston, not not really realizing um, what a solid program that is. Mike, about a minute before we say goodbye, and thanks for squeezing us in today. One sure. player you're locked in on here this spring for Nebraska football. What's What's one guy you've got circled? I want to see how uh, Casey Thompson uh, steps in mm-hmm. uh, because I think that, uh, you know, there's going to be – obviously I'm going to pay attention to the offensive line. That's, right. a, that's a thing. But, you know, as, as Brandon pointed out, you've got a couple of guys that are not going to be available. Um, and But I want to see the development there. But I, I want to see the, the quarterback situation. And, and when I say Thompson – I, I really include all those guys in that competition. I think that's going to be really interesting because you got some really talented guys there, and uh, how's that going to how's that going to uh, play out? No, it, it'll be fun. How does Thompson come in and grasp something new for him? And it's really something new for everybody with what Whipple will want to do. Uh, and and of course Logan Smothers, man, he's when he's had to, to go out onto the field, he's performed well and. Yes. 
he'll uh, no doubt give it heck for sure this spring. Mike, we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week, bud, and, and recap some baseball and uh, kind of kick around some uh, some early spring thoughts. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, there he is, Mike Babcock, historian, author, Hall of Famer. Find him on Twitter at mdbabs. We'll wind down this first hour. Plenty of quarterbacking to talk with Gary Barnett and then that running back room with senior offensive analyst Ron Brown next hour. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this first hour. It's Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery and uh, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Reminder to uh, get buckled up. Uh, hands on the steering wheel, eyes on the road, mind straight forward. The driver's got one job to drive a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So Fred Hoiberg met with the media earlier today. A lot of guys going to walk uh, for their senior day. And, of course, Bryce, uh, all likely one and done. And you're going to have a ton of high-level NBA decision-makers to check him out against Iowa. Iowa comes in red hot. We're down at the single barrel. Tomorrow, come see us. Stop on by for a steak, a burger. Uh, Get the butcher's board if you want to just get the meat sweats in a great, great way. It's incredible. And uh, 250 whiskeys to choose from, beer, wine, just water, if that's your thing, whatever. And uh, belly up, get some grub, and then head on to see Nebraska-Iowa. Iowa's playing great ball. They uh, dis- dismantled Sparty. Uh, Iowa's ranked now, and uh, they are really, quite honestly, the story of the Big Ten, what they lost and how they've reloaded. Well, yeah, and it's, it was one of those seasons for them where they were, they were a little bit hit or miss early in the season where one game their offense looked great and the next you'd be we're like, oh, man, what's wrong with this Iowa team? Uh, but you're right. I mean, it's really been since that Nebraska game. They have just been on fire. Even I think there was I can't remember who they played before that last Nebraska game, but like ever since then, Keegan Murray's really been coming on He's strong. Awesome, and the whole Iowa team just looks uh, like uh, like a polished product that I wasn't expecting to see this season. No, they've been good. Here's a little bit of Fred from earlier today. My senior day was very emotional. You know, I still remember the the night. Uh, I couldn't have played worse. I was three for sixteen. We got beat against Oklahoma, and I. Uh, celebrated by going home and kicking over a lamp and breaking it. So that was my senior night. Good for you, Fred. I wonder how many lamps have paid the ultimate sacrifice this season. I mean it. Because senior season's one thing. This season is completely different. I mean, you're sitting at 7 and 20. I hope that he goes and gets the ones that are on bargain discount that are, are breakable and they're only like nine bucks. You just got a, a whole box of them in the just, locker room. <laughs> after about week three with this team, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a section in the garage where you just go grab a new lab. <laughs> <laughs> and if not, let's chip in and get Fred some lamps. He's he is competitive. Mm-hmm. This is this has had to just absolutely drain him. And that's year. the thing is is he has to be a, a different type of person when he's on the bench. Uh, a bit more of a, a calming force as a coach than, than as a player. And that, that's one of the things that we haven't really seen that emotion, that go break a lamp because you're so mad emotion from Fred Hoiberg this season. And, and it doesn't mean it's not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it just means he has to carry himself in a different way on the bench. He does. And, I mean, he, the, the last two years you've seen him spike his mask and slap at the ball after another mindless turnover. 
He's taken a lot of arrows this year. He'll coach again uh, or or be involved in basketball again. Maybe here, maybe somewhere else. You know, we just don't know what the future holds. But uh, class act, and, and you hope if you're a Nebraska basketball fan and you're still hanging with them that they go out and, uh, well, ruin Iowa's run. Uh, you, you at hope least they, give, they, them a, give them a speed bump. You hope they go out on their shield. Well, yeah. I mean, go out there and play together, play smart. All these things that you've done for moments, but not multiple minutes. Gary Barnett going to check in down in uh, Arizona. Get his take on Whipple and the quarterbacks. Uh, Ron Brown, next hour. Hail Varsity continues. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hail Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's Hail Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery Hall of Fame coach, Gary Barnett with us, Northwestern, Colorado, Missouri, and spring ball around the corner. Coach, what are you doing this week? How are you? Well, you know what? We had snow here yesterday, Chris. At, uh, our house is about 3,200 feet, and there was snow at just about 3,200 feet. And up above us, all these mountains out here in Carefree and Cave Creek were covered with snow. Um, yesterday. Now today, they're, it's it's going to melt off pretty fast. But it was uh, one of those days that we got an, almost an inch of rain and snow fell, and so it was. You know, most people would get really tired of that, but it was sort of a pleasant break here. <laughs> so it was. Uh, now today, it's all sunny and ready to go. Well, that's uh, yeah. Golf uh, was thwarted yesterday. Uh, my mother told me because of the rain you guys were getting down there in in Arizona. But, you know, uh, snow's all right. We were supposed to get some today. We haven't. We're going to break out of the old uh, minus 20 wind chill phase and get back to some 50s and 60s. But, Coach, I mean, I was was grilling Sunday night at 70 degrees. It was awesome. I was thinking, you know what? I bet Coach Barnett's grilling. So am I. Uh, You know, who needs Arizona? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, a thought from you. This was a good list. Bill Conley put it together with ESPN, and he was rating the the top games of the 2000s. Coming in at number one was uh, the Texas win over over USC, that Rose Bowl, Keith Jackson's swan song. And coach, is there a is there a favorite game as a coach, and also a favorite game as a broadcaster? Well, it's easy to pick the favorite game as a broadcaster. I did the. Uh... Alabama Auburn uh, pick six, kick six. Oh, you did that and, okay for sports. Oh, wow! So you did that. Yeah, one. that that was an incredible game and sight and scene and everything else. So 
that was that was pretty special. And uh, I was fortunate. I also did a game at Ohio State when Virginia Tech beat them. Uh, and that was the reason it was an amazing. First of all, it was a huge upset, and it was a good game. But it was um, one of those games where, as a broadcaster, I was a step ahead of everything. And I was, I, I uh, you know, Virginia Tech came out and played a bare defense about the middle of the second quarter, and it just totally threw Ohio State off. And bare defense is a defense that every coach used to be just absolutely fearful of. And you practice it in case somebody would throw it out you, at you. There was only a few plays that really worked against it. But you, you did a couple periods of it a week just, just in case you ever saw it. And it uh, Virginia Tech played through the first quarter and then and all of a sudden came out in the second quarter. And it became one heck of a football game. And, um you know, finally Ohio State did adjust, but it was a little bit too late. So and that was a great game to call. You know, as far as being a part of a game, you had to mention that that game with Ohio with uh, USC and Texas, and Texas had just beaten us in the championship game, seventy to three. So I have a little trouble trying to wrap my arms around that being the best game, but. Um, I could see why it was picked. It certainly was. It was it was a great game to watch. The game that that SC game sticks out to me, where Vince Young put his Superman cape on, but also coached the the Bush push game with Notre Dame and uh, and USC that same season in 05. I guess Leinard's throw on fourth and twenty way down at his own own end. I think Jarrett caught it, but I'm like. They're going to put this together. That's the game. I know the, the Rose Bowl's wow, but uh, from a, from a national perspective, that Bush push game. You guys were probably playing then, though, when, when that was going on. But that, yeah, that, we that's were, always a flashback. Highlights. I, I don't want to open up an old wound, but um, <laughs> for me, coaching the old the Nebraska game there in '90 when we were down, I think what 17 or 20 to seven at at halftime and. The enemy had fumbled like three or four times, and we came back and won the game in the rain and the sleet was, at my end of it, was a heck of a football game. And, you know, there's a there's a lot of those as you go through your career, and each one of them mean, you know, they're all great comebacks. They're games that end up being great games, and, you know, so. But it, just lucky to have been a part of as many as I was. Coach, I'll tell you, I, I had a guy that I played basketball with i think i was in i don't know i might have been eighth grade then and he's like do you want to go to the colorado game because it was one it was nebraska was number three and you guys were number seven or eight or something and it was just miserable it was absolutely cold and rainy and i mean it was a classic football game and i remember nebraska leading and leading and then the place blew up in the fourth quarter where you guys went off I think for like 27 points and yep. going into that that fourth quarter I think I think I think Virginia had lost to Georgia Tech okay so the the winner of Nebraska Colorado would have been in pole position for for number one okay and <laughs> it, it goes sideways for Nebraska the enemy goes off and I'm just trying to dethon the bus as a as a you know, 13, 14 year old, like, man, they just handed it to Nebraska. But that was an incredible finish because of how 
bad the conditions were and the defense both teams played were were incredible in those conditions and I think you guys hit a deep pass to um to kind of Pritchard. get this, yeah Pritchard got deep and I know Hagan all game long was was trying to go deep and Pritchard got loose and then the, the floodgates cuz poor B enemy uh Nebraska things fans aren't aren't going poor B enemy but from your guys' perspective, that dude couldn't hold on to the football at all. Like five fumbles, correct? Yeah, yeah. He had five, and then, you know, I don't know. It took a lot. Most coaches wouldn't keep playing a guy, but uh, Mac kept playing him. And and then uh, we took advantage of uh, the wind in the fourth quarter. I think Nebraska had to go into the wind the entire fourth quarter and so every time they'd punt, we got good field position because the wind was pretty good and uh, it was pretty high. And so we were able to get short fields in the fourth quarter, and that's what made it happen. I always remember that game because it was senior day and Kenny Walker uh, yep. came out hearing impaired uh, Kenny, and it was really a cool scene. But that's that's a game that you got to remember uh, as you win in Lincoln and uh, – Go on to, to claim a national championship. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, uh, I want to talk about Coach Whipple. Uh, you're close with Nebraska's new OC. And uh, he was able to land a pretty big-time quarterback out of Massachusetts. And uh, there are regional quarterbacks. There's a kid out of Kansas. There's a kid out of Iowa. There's a kid up the road in Gretna near Omaha that are all on, on the radar. And the Gretna kid's getting a lot of Big 12 offers. But uh, Whipple goes back to, to sixth grade with this uh, this player, has known him since sixth grade. And did uh, did the region ever stop you, or did it concern you? I and I asked that going to Massachusetts for uh, your twenty twenty three quarterback, opposed to somebody uh, settling versus who you really want uh, when when it comes to uh, location and vicinity. Well, I don't. Yeah, you, you you end up settling sometimes, but you don't settle very far below your standard. Sure, um, you can't do that. But um, you know, regionally, it, it didn't bother me. As in this case, I think Coach Whipple and that family have a relationship, mm-hmm. and so um, that's a little different. It, going to an area and pulling somebody out that has no ties they just get come to your place and fall in love and decide that's it you you have those concerns but you you try to make sure that you address those concerns in the recruiting process but certainly once they get there you're always looking to see if if there's an issue and um that's just part of taking care of your guys and making sure you have a full service program but um you know, every one of them require um, a little different kind of attention, no matter where they're from, in-state, out-of-state. In-state can be really more concerning than out-of-state sometimes. So, uh, you know, you just your, your philosophy, I think, generally is um, just to, to have a full-service kind of program that, that uh, you can be on the look for look out for issues uh, some of them you can predict some of them you can't predict but um you've got to always expect it to happen and you know be prepared for it and and try to find a solution for it 
Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, what do you think Coach Whipple's going to bring to spring for Nebraska? Well, I think just um, uh, it's it's hard to say. Uh, he's going to have two new quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and that's um, you know that's that's work. <laughs> Evaluating them, getting them fair number of reps, uh, getting them to understand your system. Um, that's he's got his work cut out for him, and everybody thinks it's going to be easy. It's it's hard work now for quarterback coaches to to be fair and uh, have a controlled system of practice and evaluation and uh, listening to the other coaches, listening to other, to the players. It, you know, it's a it's a whole process. So he's going to have his word. He's going to be up late at night on um, most of those nights. Coach, uh, what do you think uh, of of Coach Whipple's quarterback evaluation skills? I mean, he's got a, a really good history of of finding quarterbacks and, and coaching quarterbacks. I ask that because you've worked with quarterbacks quite a bit as well. Well, it's it, a lot of it's luck. You know, there's there's things each coach looks for different. I I saw a nice little article, and I think either in the Atlantic or or the Athletic or the ESPN where they um, they talked about four or five different uh, coaches about how they evaluate quarterbacks. Almost every one of them it came down to accuracy, mm-hmm. um, and, and in some cases, arm strength was the least important. But it came down to accuracy as you as you evaluate quarterbacks, and uh, it, it came down to everybody. You know, today it's all about highlight films, and, and all quarterback coaches want to see the other parts of the game. They don't want they want to see how the quarterback carries himself when things are tight and tough, and when he when he has a game plan that goes awry, how does he handle? the adjustments that have to be made. So, um, you know, Mark's been around a long time and knows, knows the ins and out of that sort of thing. But I think a, a veteran quarterback coach will evaluate all parts of the game, not just the highlight film. Those are easy to see. It's, it's the things that you want to look for uh, when things go bad. Body language, how he leads. You can see how he leads. You can see how much he loves the game when things get tough. So uh, that's what I think Mark brings to this. Gary Barnett's with us. Coach, when it comes to uh, players, what what other sport did you like to investigate? Football, yeah, they got to be good at football, got to love football, but what other sport did you go after, multi-sport kids, or was it a, a baseball player you liked, or were you a wrestling fan? I mean, uh, when it came down to evaluating and recruiting, what other sports were important? Well, I think it depends on the position, but I love to watch uh, defensive players wrestle. Okay. And uh, that I, I several times went to see wrestling matches of, of guys. More important, I just like to see them competing in other sports. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, – I would much rather evaluate and – Take a guy who's played football, basketball, wrestle, track, baseball, um, whatever it is, and they because that means they just like to compete. And the more you compete, I think the better competitor you become. 
So I was, I really did like to see multi-sport athletes. Did you play? Uh, what, what all did you play aside from football? I played football, basketball, baseball, and wrestled. Wow. So, weight class? Yeah, wrestled, pardon me? What weight class? 88. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Excuse me. Excuse me. I wrestled college 77 intramurals, and then uh, <laughs> I, wrestled, I wrestled 75 in high school. Okay. Man, that's so you did it all. There wasn't much downtime, huh? I, I loved wrestling. I, I absolutely loved wrestling. But you know, it was it was more fun to play basketball, but I loved the wrestling piece of it. But baseball I really thought I was gonna be a baseball player. I thought that's where I was gonna end up. Okay. So but uh you know, didn't happen. Worked out differently. <laughs> that's all right. Couldn't hit the curveball. Uh, Couldn't hit the curveball. Well, some of us can't hit the you and you and Pedro Serrano, right? Straight ball I hit very well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Curveball not so much. Uh okay. Yeah. So barbecue this weekend is is the uh the smoker fixed. Smoker's not fixed. Oh man. So you know, just grilling, but, huh? Uh, I just grilled some sausage this weekend. I think that's going to be, be it. Although we we got a couple steaks yesterday that I might have to work on. Well, Coach, that sounds like a plan. We'll uh, let you get to it. Thanks for talking some ball with us today. You bet, Chris. Great being with you. Coach Barnett, imagine old Barney on the wrestling mat, caving your head in, <laughs> like 79 pounds. Worked out well, but good perspective there on Coach Whipple and how things will shake out quarterback-wise as far as the evaluation period. Uh, Ron Brown is next. We'll talk with Coach Brown about the running back room. And uh, this spring for the Big Red, Hale Varsity rolls forward. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could... Listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's talk some uh, Big Red football. And spring is uh, just around the corner with uh, the spring session for the team. We welcome in a longtime assistant for Nebraska football and senior offensive analyst Ron Brown. Coach Brown, it's been a little while. What's going on? How are you? Good, Smitty. How you doing, man? I'm uh, not sure whether to hibernate or come out and enjoy the spring. So it just uh, one one day it's winter and the next day it's spring. That's why we love Nebraska, right? <laughs> On our toes. Yeah. There you go, man. <laughs> so you you weren't out there sprinting around with the rest of the team midweek, were you? <laughs> well, I was. I was. Uh, I was out there. I was watching. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it. Uh, there were some cold days. We've also had some great weather, mm-hmm. but. Anyhow, uh, looking forward to spring ball and all the stuff that comes along with that. Well, I want to go back to the end of the regular season for you as you transitioned to uh, to take over the running backs, and you also spent some time on the recruiting trail. What was that like for you? Oh, you know, I, I've done it for so many years. Um, 
So it wasn't really that much of a transition. I think the uh, there are there are some changes in the recruiting uh, process now, particularly with the the transfer portal being so active. Um, so you know, there's some of that. We had, uh, of course, had a little bit of an unusual situation with uh, coaches gone uh, before the season was over, and so a lot of questions had to be answered in regards to uh, where we're, what kind of a program do we have, where are we going, et cetera. So you know, there were there were there were all those things, but you know, Smitty, I f- I feel like I've been here in college football for so long. Um, you know, I've I've kind of seen a lot of things. I, I I feel like I've seen it all, and I know I haven't seen it all, but I feel like I've been through enough things that I can adapt to about any situation that uh, that needs to happen. So, you know, I just um, uh, went after went after it business as usual, but always excited. I love football. I love these these kids. I thank the Lord for the opportunity to be serving in some capacity. Ron Brown's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. You've seen a lot in, in, in your time. Did you have ever anticipate anything like the portal happening? You know, uh, I should have because I could see a trend going uh, that were that, that there was a loosening of the guard, so to speak. And what I mean by that, there was going to be more and more given to the athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, there was going to be more latitude, more say that the athlete has, so forth and so on. And, um, you know, you could just see that something was coming down the pipe that way. Uh, and I'm not sure we're done yet. You know, you start to see NIL um, along with the, the the relaxed, more relaxed uh, mandates on, whether, you know, who can transfer, when you can transfer, how often you can transfer, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it's like a, it's almost like a, uh, uh, a free agency in the National Football League. It's just kind of like open season that way. So, yeah, I, I, I should have known it was coming. Uh, I was hoping that it wouldn't come to this uh, degree personally, but um, uh, it's here, and um, we're just all kind of meshing and adapting with it. Well, Nebraska's adapted pretty well. You're, you're going to lose some kids, unfortunately, but Nebraska, from a, a roster standpoint, Coach Brown really did well with – uh, the acquisitions uh, in the portal, some some pretty, uh, at least on paper, pretty key pieces pieces that were additions. Well, you you made a big statement there, Schmitty, at least on paper, because mm-hmm. right now everything's on paper. You know, you you that the one thing that football has always brought out, and, I, and this is true of other sports and the business world and life in general, is that eventually. You know, it all has to translate into reality. And so what's on paper has to perform. Um, What looks good in the front end, what does it look like at the back end or in the middle of the process? You know, sometimes people tend to rate recruiting classes and recruiters a certain way. They go, oh, the best recruits have come to such and such a school. We don't know for two, three, maybe four years, how good your recruiting class is. And you don't know how good your recruiters are until that, until after that time. It all looks good on the front end if you're looking at five-star, four-star, all those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, we've got to play the games. 
And, you know, we've seen here at Nebraska over the years where we've broken those tendencies. In other words, we, you know, even back in the 90s, we were you know, 34th, 35th in the nation in recruiting and all of this. And yet we put a string of national championships together that was uh, pretty unique. Well, how did that happen? Well, you know, the those things that you were looking at on paper weren't always the best barometer to look at. And so I think being able to uh, hopefully we've done our homework and done as good a job as we can in the transfer portal, you've got to keep looking under the hood. And when you're dealing with transfers, because you don't have very much time to recruit them, and so you have to learn about them fast, hopefully we've done a great job of looking under the hood and that it's more than just what we see on paper with physical talent. And at the end of the day, it's all going to come out in the wash. You know what I'm saying, Smitty? I hear you loud and clear. Ron Brown's with us. So you go back to some of those banner teams that had maybe not high, as highly rated recruiting classes. The one thing that Nebraska has always done at an exceptional level is, well, identify talent, but then also get the most out of the kid and develop that talent. That's the mesh that's got to happen. Uh, and, and has happened for a lot of years in Lincoln. And if you were to, to ballpark it, do you think you guys, when it was really rolling, nailed the kids? Or did was it was it was a big part of that also the development? Because I go back and you know, NFL drafts around the corner. I just you know, Elijah and I talk a lot about um, just the, the reload. You, you lose somebody to the NFL. Just case in point, Wistrom sixth pick overall. And then down the pike, here's Vandenbosch, second-round pick. I mean, that, was, that wasn't that was just a, a nice five- to seven-year run. That was uh, uh, two, two more guys in a succession of pretty high-level p- difference makers on the defense. Yeah. I, you know, it, it, that, that you make a great point. Development. Coach Osborne always had a philosophy of not only development, but – if you made a mistake, if it looked like you made a mistake in the first year and you look at this kid that was supposed to be a highly rated recruit and he doesn't look as good as we thought he was, mm-hmm. Coach Osborne, as nice as he was, said, well, you better make it right, Coach. Whoever recruited him and whoever's going to coach this guy better make it right. In other words, let's pour into this young man and let's make him or help him to be the very best player he can be. And I think that was very important. The other thing that's really important, and I talked about looking under the hood, there's a Bible verse that says, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And so many times we are measuring people off of tangibles, um, how big, how fast, you know, his statistics, how big of a high school he played at, notoriety, all those kinds of things. But then you've got you. We all see it all the time. These guys that come out of nowhere. We've seen it at Nebraska numerous times with our walk-on players here in the state. Um, we've. It's just been a remarkable um, process for me in the 35 and nearly 40 years of college football now that I've been in. A remarkable process to see that Bible verse come true, looking at the heart, looking what's inside, looking what's under the hood uh, of these players, and not just relying on the the four-star, five-star, so forth. Like you said, I mean, the way I would put it is that the two-star kid comes in here, and then he walks out the door as a four-star or five-star kid. 
the and I think that proves true, Schmitty, also with the NFL stats. I think the average draft pick in the National Football League is like a, a kid who, that would have been a 2.3, 2.4 star-rated kid coming out of high school. That's remarkable. That's a little above walk-on status, barely scholarship status, and a kid has gone on to the National Football League. That tells you that there's a lot of development, especially in a sport like football where mass and explosion and muscularity, lean muscle mass, and the changes of the body have to take place for most every single player. Uh, you've got to throw that into account, and a lot can happen in a three- or four-year period of time in a young man's life. Coach, you've had a chance to see what's in the running back room. There's some new additions, of course, but that's uh, that's an area of interest for a lot of Nebraska fans. Your thoughts with this running back room going into the spring? Well, there's no question. First of all, uh, Brian Applewhite uh, coming in as our running back coach, uh, I think uh, has done an excellent job uh, just getting the some new, fresh um, thinking, the way he explains things. Uh, so that's been really good. Um, and also, there's a core of running backs there that are very young. And, and so the continual, consistent training of these guys uh, is there's going to be improvement. I, I really believe there's going to be improvement simply because they are young guys still learning. It was a very young running back room. The key thing is being able to keep people here and consistently figuring this thing out. Um, you can't give all these guys all the reps um, you know, because it's, there's just too many. It's going to have to whittle down. Spring ball this year is going to be obviously a, a, a great indication of where we're going to be at. We're going to have to give these guys a lot of reps and see, so we see who emerges from the smoke. Gabe Irving uh, is one guy that in spring ball won't, won't get a chance to do a whole lot in spring ball coming off of the knee surgery that he had after the Oklahoma game. But, of course, he was our starter uh, last year uh, early in the season as a true freshman. And so yet you see the leadership quality. You see how he's working. Um, So in addition to him, we'll we'll be able to see a lot of guys this spring work at it. It'll all come out in the wash for us. Ron Brown with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, We'll spend a few more minutes with Ron, Coach Brown, on the other side of the break here. Danny Burke, Burke's Best Bets. Coming up also here before the show is done. And uh, pretty interesting thoughts from Coach, uh, specifically on uh, star ratings and recruiting rankings and the, uh, the take there on Coach Osborne. If maybe you missed on a guy, it's your job to, uh, to make it right and coach him up. And you've got a number of guys that have been in the program, three, four-year guys that have a, a great opportunity this spring on both sides of the football. More thoughts from Coach Brown on the running back room and Coach Whipple with Hale Varsity. Yeah. 
Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Couple more minutes, Ron Brown with us, Hale Varsity Radio, senior offensive analyst. Coach Brown, there are a number of backs. Uh, Ramir really ran hard last year. I look at a guy like Yant and, and how he finished up against Iowa was was impressive and uh of course um emmett johnson emmett emmett we talked to him on signing day and really impressed with him uh yet uh anthony coming in from uh from juco so there's a number of kids and i'm sure i've left a few few out but uh Mm -hmm. a lot of intrigue but yeah there's one ball and a lot of backs that want to want to carry it yeah and that's always that's always been the case you know around here uh people's People remember, uh, you know, historically here, we've always had a good stable of backs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've always had three or four NFL-type guys sitting in the room. And at times, guys had to wait their turn. Um, you know, nowadays, you can get away with uh, three good backs. You know, you look at Michigan, for example. They had two really good backs that kind of loaded it up. They were the Big Ten champion. They were uh, they were the team that I think they I think they led the conference in rushing, and those two backs took their their guys to uh, to the national playoffs. But uh, you know when I look at um, our backfield right now, I think when you look at a Yant for example and a Ramir, you get a difference in style that could complement one another. And then you got a guy like Gabe Irving, who's kind of a combination of the two of those guys. You know, that we used to have that kind of situation here. Um, and I, and I, and so we have the potential to do that. It'll be interesting to see how the guys develop, but we really ought to be pretty good at that position before it's all said and done. Provided that, you know, we, you know, there's the obviously staying healthy, but also just, taking on the right attitude. So I'm looking forward to this young group and seeing how they develop. Ron Brown with his coach. Final thought here, Mark Whipple and his offensive coordinator. You go back uh, quite a few years with him. You know him from back east, and uh, he was fun to, to get a chance to meet uh, at the roundtable you know, not long ago. But uh, just uh, the offense, uh, the direction it's going, and then what the addition means with Coach Whipple. Yeah, there's always a you know a transition in, in learning new offenses and so forth. But I think it's been going really well. Whip's a bright guy. You know, I played with him for four years in college, um, and he he was our quarterback and very bright guy. Really scrappy, tough competitor, and that's how he coaches. He coaches the same way. He's kind of a maverick. You know, <laughs> he, he kind of lays it out there, and and he's not all uh, he's not this uh, you know diplomatic. Uh, I mean, he's gonna. He's going to let it loose. He's going to shout shout out some things sometimes, and um, he's going to uh, take chances. Uh, a risk taker for sure. He's always been that kind of guy as a player. I coached with him at Brown University years ago as well for one year, and um, 
No, I, I have great respect for Mark and his coaching uh, ability. Um, and so, so far, so good. You know, we've got uh, uh, the, the, some of the guys on our staff uh, getting to know one another. Mickey Joseph, of course, is no stranger to us. Mickey's a very talented young guy with a lot of energy. Um, and then uh, Donovan Rayola. Donovan knows a lot about Nebraska football. He played uh, at Wisconsin. But his brother, of course, Don, played here. We recruited Donovan when he was a high school player out of Hawaii. Uh, so these guys all have a, I think, uh, are all adjusting. Some of them have familiarity with us, but uh, they're all seeming to adapt. Uh, and uh, Brian Applewhite as well as the running back coach. Ron Brown with us. Coach, we'll uh, see you down at spring ball. Thanks for a few minutes today. You bet, Shemitty. Thanks for having me, buddy. God bless. Good stuff with Coach Brown. Let's uh, check in out in Chicago. Daddy Burke with us. Good to get caught up with Daddy Burke. Burke's best bets, uh, pride of Chicago, and you find him with the uh, VEASAN Sports Network weeknights uh, rush hour with Daddy Burke and, of course, his daily pod at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Danny, uh, I'm glad you're uh, out of harm's way with ice and snow and all that muck, but you're pretty locked in, my friend, on the frozen pond tonight with the NHL with a couple of plays. Yeah, man. I mean, I've been loving betting NHL for the past couple of seasons. We're doing pretty solid this year, too, still looking to keep things rolling. And uh, a couple of games that stood out to me tonight, Schmidt, just getting right into it, is this matchup with Dallas and Nashville tonight. Now, Nashville's got a really solid goaltender in Soros. And, look, um, with Dallas, they're a team that can have a lot of firepower, but they also played last night against Winnipeg in an overtime game where they did win, but you might have the weary legs going into this matchup. And Ottinger, uh, their starting goalie, who's presumably been the top goalie, was playing last night, so we're assuming he's not going to get the nod tonight, and that's going to go to Holby who really hasn't been that strong of a goalie this year. And he struggled on the road, which obviously will be the spot tonight. And then on the other side with Soros, I mean, he's been a main reason why Nashville has had success. You factor all of that in with also, I kind of look for a little bit of narrative edges from time to time. And, you know, this one doesn't obviously have too much uh, justification around it, but if it's a little bit more incentive, why not? And uh, Pekka Rene, who used to be the goalie for the Predators for quite some time. I believe it was 15 years. He's going to have his jersey hung in the Raptors, first player to ever have it hung there in Nashville. So, I don't know. It's a ceremonial night. Maybe a little bit more added juice to the players to go out and get a dub for him. But overall, I just think it's a better spot for Nashville in this game. So, I did lay the price, I think, like minus 150 with the Predators tonight against the Stars. And then just to go over the other play really quick, I bet a total between the Rangers and the Capitals. Now, Washington... Washington's a high-scoring team, but on the road here where they have had more success, they're going up against a tough goalie matchup with Shesterkin, who's been just arguably the best goalie in the NHL for the Rangers as at this point. And more, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but more often than not, I think like maybe in seven times he's gone over, 22 it's been under with the total set at six. So he's been an absolute madman. And uh, Samsonov, who's the goalie for Washington in this game, has performed a lot better on the road. So long story short, I think this is going to be a lower scoring effort, and I bet the total under six for that matchup between the Rangers and the Capitals for my other play. Danny Burke with us. Uh, Burke's best bets, Pride of Chicago, Vison Sports Network, NBA. You've been loving your Bulls this year, and, and why not? <laughs> 
Oh, man, you ain't kidding, Schmitty. Look, I've been betting a decent amount of NBA, and, uh, yeah, more often than not, it's going to be involved with the Bulls. And I joke on my show, I'm like, here I go, talking about the Bulls again. But, Schmitty, I mean, go with what you know, right? You bet the Bulls, you know, knock on wood. It's been a viable betting collection for myself and who's ever tagging along. And this Bulls team is just still very undervalued them being the number one seed in the Eastern Conference with not anywhere close to a full team. So I see this matchup tonight against Atlanta. I saw it the other day because they had the lines posted pretty early considering there's nothing else going on in the NBA. And this line opened at four, which, all right, appropriate enough. I think that's reasonable. The Hawks are coming to town. That's who they're playing. But the Hawks have fallen very short of expectations considering what they reached last season in the postseason. And then this line's just going down and down, and it went down to like three Still in favor of Chicago, of course, but the early money and as of late was going toward Atlanta, and I'm kind of just pondering why. I just look, Schmitty, this has happened so many times this year where it's a short spread in favor of the Bulls, but the road team is getting some of the love. I get it. Chicago's still a little bit depleted. Their defense hasn't been top notch, but here's the thing as long as they're outscoring their opponents, it doesn't matter, and that's what they've been able to do. We know how great DeRozan's been. Levine's going to be back in the mix. Kobe White's been a valuable role player, and Booch has been playing outstanding, been a double-double machine. And Atlanta, again, has not really been that consistent and also defensively way worse than the Bulls are. So I laid about minus 154 on the money line with Chicago. I'm someone who always is willing to lay a little bit more so I don't have to deal with the volatility of BS that occurs at the end of basketball games with missed free throws, buzzer beaters, you know the drill. But so I took the Bulls on the money line. I think it's a good buy-low spot on them despite the market going against them. It's just nobody respects them. I don't know what it is. It's fine. I'll take advantage of the number. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Danny Burks with us. Burks Best Bets here on Hail Varsity Radio. And Danny, uh, we just talked about the number one team in the East, so I, I want to quickly get your take on the number one team in the West. That's the Phoenix Suns. They're, they're a 10.5-point favorite tonight against the Thunder. I don't necessarily want to talk about this game, but with Chris Paul being out, is this a, a good option over the next couple weeks to maybe bet against the Suns? Uh, unsure what their continuity is going to be without Chris Paul. Yeah, that's a very good question because Chris Paul is kind of the heart and soul of this team, which is funny to say based on what we saw from him before he landed in Phoenix and his age, but his production value is just incredibly high. So I think if you're looking to bet Phoenix or looking to fade him, regardless, I think you got to be a little bit hesitant here and just wait and see what the motion of this offense looks like, how it's conducted without Chris Paul in the mix. Because despite Phoenix being on a roll this season, they are still dealing with some injuries to their role players. At the end of the day, they'll still get the job done, but what it comes down to is can they cover these big spreads? And I definitely wouldn't be running to the counter to lay a double-digit spread with them despite it being against the Oklahoma City Thunder. What could be interesting now is if you talk about continuity, if that kind of starts flagging a little bit, there might be some value on Golden State to bet them to come out on top of the Western Conference, or rather not even necessarily for that, but just to end up as the one seed and if you can find a profit like that, that could be an interesting outlook because maybe the Warriors, they were slacking going into the All-Star break. Maybe they can pick up some steam. And maybe the Suns take a little bit of a hit since they're missing Chris Paul. So a lot of things to keep an eye out for with Phoenix. At the end of the day, they'll probably be all right. But that's the way I would approach it. Danny, real quick, Big Ten winding down. 
Who do you think takes home the regular season title? You're leading with Purdue, Wisconsin. They'll face off. There's a couple of big games before they'll see each other uh, this weekend. Illinois is right there at a half game back. Ohio State at two games back. And Rutgers all the way. Uh, they've climbed to three back. That might be a little too much to overcome, clearly, with their schedule. And uh, the game's dwindling here. But uh, of those three, Purdue, Wisconsin, or Indy or, or, or Illinois or in Ohio State, who do you like? Well, from a personal grudge standpoint, because the last night I'm not going to take Wisconsin, Schmitty, because they couldn't hit their free throws at the end and couldn't cover the spread, so I'm a little bit salty there. <laughs> but, no, in all seriousness, I think the easy answer, of course, would be Purdue. But if you want a little bit more value and actually what could come to fruition, obviously anything could, but with actually some – you know, more leverage behind it. I think U of I might be the pick. And I'm not saying this as an Illinois homer. I did not grow up watching, or, or I mean, I watched, but I didn't care about the Illini really whatsoever. So I have no fandom involved there. I just think because of what, you know, Kofi's been able to do, I mean, this guy's an absolute monster down low. And I know Purdue's got some bigs as well, but if anybody can compete with them, you got to think it's a fighting Illini. So I think because a little bit more value, maybe take a shot with Illinois. There it is, Daddy Burke, Burke's Best Bets. Daddy, thanks for the time. Yeah, you bet, guys, anytime. Good stuff, good show today. Find us on the podcast, Hail Varsity Radio. Subscribe, give us a rating. Good, bad, or ugly, want to hear your feedback? Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and uh, tell a Husker fan about uh, Hail Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Elijah Herbal. Chris Schmidt, thanks for tuning in. Road show tomorrow. Want to see you down at the single barrel. Uh, inside the graduate, real red tip-off ahead in Nebraska, Iowa, 4-6 to six Roadshow. We'll be down there with Hale Varsity. Take care. Have a good night. A Huda Media Production.